Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Business is changing quickly. With that comes the need to be adaptable and know the services that are available to you. TransferWise just may be exactly what you're looking for. A cheaper, faster way for people and businesses to send money internationally. They are next level when it comes to sending money abroad, which is becoming more and more common these days. What I love the most is how you can really tell that they care about doing the best they can for their customers. The best example of this is their website's comparison tool. By simply clicking compare price on their homepage, you'll right away be able to see if TransferWise is the cheapest option for your transfer. If it isn't, they'll make sure to tell you what actually is. You can always get connected with a real life person that will treat you with respect if you need help or if you have questions. And they actually listen to customer feedback. When customers said they wish they could convert different currencies on their own, TransferWise spent a long time developing their multi-currency account. It lets you hold over 40 different currencies at the same time and you can convert between them whenever you like. Over 5 million people are already saving with TransferWise. You could be next. Test them out for free at transferwise.com yoga or download the app. Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I have to start off by sharing that for some reason, I am super lightheaded right now and all day. I honestly don't know what it is that's what's going on. But since the moment I woke up this morning, I've just felt really dizzy and a little lightheaded. Like I have really low blood pressure. Anyone who's who knows what that's like, that's the feeling I have. I don't know. I've just I've just had that all day. A little bit of a headache, feeling a little dizzy, like I'm almost like even when I'm sitting down, like I'm about to faint or something. So in case I pass out mid podcast, <laughs> that's what's going on with me. But no, just sharing that in case you can sense a little bit of tiredness in my voice today. I am currently, okay, let me paint you a little word picture. I'm sitting on the floor in my hotel room in Tulum. We are in Tulum, Mexico for a really well-deserved family vacation. We uh, just came from Cozumel, a little island here off the coast where Dennis did an Ironman race, which was... (laughs) which was an Ironman race. (laughs) If you've heard episodes of me and Dennis talking about Ironman before, you probably know how I feel about Ironman and how he feels about Ironman. But if you've never heard of an Ironman race, it's basically a long distance triathlon for crazy people. (laughs) So they do miles and miles of swimming and then like 100 miles of biking and then what is it, 115 miles of biking, and then a marathon on top of that. So it's like this whole day from sunrise to sundown, they are just racing. It's totally crazy. And he loves it so much. Even this one, which he said was his hardest race of his life. And I could really tell he was struggling. Every time I saw him, you could tell he was, oh, it was a tough race for him. He hasn't been training as much as he normally has. And I kind of think he thought that he could just push his way through this race just mentally (laughs) like I don't know he's barely trained and then you know to go do like a 12 13 hour race it's 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 crazy 
But yeah, he did really, really, you know, had a hard time, but he did well. He finished and uh, it wasn't his worst time. It was an okay time still. For me, everything relating to Iron Man always makes me a little tired. I don't know how to explain it. It's like I have a little bit of resentment that I carry toward Iron Man as a thing. After our first year when the baby was born and then I started training for his first Iron Man ever. Um, we had this big division in our lives where just, oh, I was a new mom and working like crazy and killing myself trying to make things work. And, uh, Dennis, you know, was taking 20 hours a week to train for this race. And I started building up this pretty serious resentment toward Iron Man as a thing, even though now our lives look super different. But every time we go to one of these races, I have to really try to be supportive. I don't know. It's like I have to put on my supportive face kind of. And I kind of, I wish it came more naturally to me. There are so many, I see these amazing wives and moms and spouses and people who are supporting their loved ones because it's so hard. I mean, this thing, it's like a feat. It's, it's a feat of endurance. For me, it's always like, I don't want to say, I would never say it out loud <laughs> in the middle of the race to anyone, but I'll say it out loud here in private between you and me. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I want to get it. I really want to understand like the driving force, you know, behind wanting to, to, to spend 12 hours or 13 hours straight doing things like this. I just, I don't get it. And for my little like weird, you know, productive brain, it just feels like a waste of time. I don't know. Of course, I don't tell him this. And obviously I'm sharing this in, in confidence, you know, like between you and me privately on this podcast but um no we laugh about it a lot we joke about it a lot he's uh he was saying before we left I said are you nervous you're excited about the race he says I'm only nervous because you're coming and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable with something or I would just want you and the baby to be okay and be happy and I'm like dude we're there to support you it's not the other way around he's like uh actually it's not it's more the other way around when you travel with me for these races and I think he's actually right but anyway, I think I did a good job being the supportive wife. I really did. We were following him throughout the day and having a really fun time with the baby. And the good thing about about Dennis, he's a special... Ooh, do you hear? There's a bird in here. In here. Man. <laughs> we have like an out indoor, outdoor kind of hotel room. There's a bird here. The cool thing about my husband, I mean, aside from the fact that, <laughs> that I love him and he's you know, obviously the most amazing guy. He doesn't take himself too seriously, which is just my favorite part about him. And in these races, I think a lot of the people who compete, they are very, very serious about this race, right? They are like, you know, they pass you on the course and it's just like jaw clenched. They're just looking straight ahead. It's like they're closed off in this little box of just pushing themselves to do it. And then as... I think because he doesn't really care about time, he's not competing with anyone. He's not competing with himself even. Like he's not trying to get a, a new personal record or any. He's just, he just wants to enjoy himself. Like that's the thing. He loves to race. He loves the community around the races. He loves the people. He loves the whole vibe. So he's just like casually running, smiling, talking to people. And then he always makes the effort to stop whenever he sees us and then come give us kisses and hugs and let us know, you know, how he's doing and how he's feeling. And, and I love that so much. It's my, it's my favorite thing. So even when he's biking and they're biking so fast and they're just like, bzz, like zo swooping, 
zooming. I guess that's the word, like zooming by super fast. He'll pause and stop and get off his bike and, you know, lose time in the race just so he, so he can say hi. And it makes everything, yeah, it makes everything feel really beautiful. So I'm super proud of him. I wish I had the Ironman jeans just so I could understand it a little more, but I, I just don't. But he had a fun time. Cozumel was beautiful. We rented a little house or a pretty big house, I guess, on the on the coast. It was really, really beautiful, but not as beautiful as Tulum. To paint you a little word picture, maybe I can do right now. I'm at this hotel. It's called Sonora. And uh, it's right on the beach. So literally, you step outside. I'm just putting my feet in the sand immediately right outside my, my door. And I'm so close to the ocean. I was a little nervous about recording this podcast because I was like, man, you're going to hear the waves. Like It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to, to record this, but it's actually all doors are closed. So it's okay. Maybe I'll do a little sound, a little sound bite for you later in the show. But it's one of those hotels where we are now. Literally one of those hotels where we have never, I have never in my life taken the time, the money, the energy to go to a place like this just for myself. I'm used to going to beautiful places and and maybe hotels and retreat centers and resorts if I'm if I'm doing a retreat or a group or I'm working or I'm, I'm I don't know I'm doing something. And now this is the kind of place where there's yoga twice a day. There is like sound healing and gongs and sound baths and temascal like uh, uh, sweat lodges and all sorts of, you know, all sorts of healing things and body work and energetic work and a really beautiful spa and the restaurant here is is mostly vegan and it's totally grain free and it's just super 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 nice and coming here making the decision to to splurge and to you know just to treat ourselves like just we're gonna eat all the amazing food I'm gonna just like go to yoga every single day take a class every single day which I never do outside of Aruba like outside of my own studio I never take people's classes who I don't know like I'm very lazy and picky about stuff like that you know I had a massage today like it's just it's really beautiful and of course you know if I connect to the theme of last week's podcast (laughs) me being in the pattern of whenever things are chill and good and cool then I get a little stressed out (laughs) so the first thing that happened when we came here everything was like so beautiful, so easy, wonderful, super happy to be here is I can kind of sense this, this little vibration inside of me of stress arriving. And because I can catch it now, I guess, really, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of this work these days, I can catch it now, I can notice it. (laughs) It gives me a little more space to catch myself with these sorts of feelings before I act on them, I guess. So I'm kind of expecting now, okay, when I get to a place of calm, of quiet, or, you know, a day off, rest, vacation, then my mind goes into overdrive and starts looking for things to fix, looking for things that aren't well, looking for things that actually, you know, dangers that are lurking around. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. 
We have been in family vacation mode over here in Mexico this week. And this week, I've had a big need to have easy, healthy snacks on hand for Lea Luna, Dennis, and myself. When I prepare those snacks, I always look to the Bob's Red Mill website for guidance. They have so many recipes and they make it super easy to narrow them down for whatever your dietary needs are. I love snacks that are gluten-free and packed with protein. The most recent one that caught my eye was for sweet and spicy crispy chickpeas. The recipe calls for two cans of chickpeas, olive oil, cinnamon, ground cardamom, which is my favorite spice, chili powder, sea salt, a sprinkle of red pepper, and Bob's Red Mill's coconut sugar. After you mix your ingredients, they simply bake for 30 or 40 minutes until crispy. Let them cool and enjoy. They're delicious, packed with protein, and a great snack for on the go. They definitely kept us content as we watched Dennis compete in his Ironman here in Mexico. Bob's Red Mill always makes it possible for me and my family to eat healthy food no matter where in the world we are. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yoga girl to check out their awesome products and recipes and enter for a chance to win some fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. So we came here, everything's awesome. And then the baby gets a cough, like a tiny cough, literally no big deal. It's it's like barely a cough. And I start getting in my head about, oh my God, okay, wait, what if she gets sick right now? And like, wait, what if she's super sick? What if she has some sort of tropical disease? Never mind that we live on a tropical island. <laughs> like we live in the Caribbean. This is the same ocean we swim in at home. My mind was like, oh my God, what if she gets something? Like, what if she gets dengue? And then it was like, dude, we have dengue in Aruba. She could get dengue every day at home. She's never had dengue. Why are you worrying about that? And I'm like, I don't know, but what about this? And then she didn't eat well. And what about the water? Is the water like okay here? Like she's showering in this water. Da, 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 da. And it took, I don't know, two days, I think, of being here. This is today's day four. Wait, is today only day three? Is today my first chill day? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> like embarrassed to say two whole days of being in this perfect place surrounded by perfect people in this perfect circumstance in this massive amazing mega blessing that I'm finding myself in it takes me 48 hours before I actually start enjoying myself is that is that do I have to be this way can someone can I flip a switch to not to not just to not <laughs> can I just transform myself to one of those people who just go on vacation and immediately enjoy themselves like come on I'm, I've been really frustrated with myself but because I'm aware and I could anticipate and expect it at the same time that I'm going through the motions of this worry and stuff and I'm finding little things wrong with stuff that isn't a problem at the same time that I'm having that that those thoughts in the back of my head 
like this inner critical voice going like, oh, wait, what about this? What if this happens? Or that's bad. Or da, 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 da. At the same time, I can invite this other voice, this kind voice, this compassionate voice that goes, oh, honey, it's okay. <laughs> that's just, it's almost like there's this other presence inside of me watching my mind go into overdrive. And this presence, it's just, it's just this soft, loving, beautiful, compassionate presence that just says everything's okay. Like even that stress, the worry, the overdrive, the the intensity of, of, of me having a hard time slowing down. Like there's that other presence that just goes, it's okay. Feel worried. It's okay. Be stressed. It's okay. Like be high energy. It's okay. Be all the things that you are. Like go all in. Go nuts. Be anxious. Whatever's there. It's It's okay. And then two days in, I start to just softly, almost like a like a leaf falling from a tree and it's all erratic and twirling all around and swept left and right. And then suddenly it starts to mellow out and it starts to just slowly float all the way to the ground to land. <laughs> That's been my, my process over this past couple of days. It's, it's, it's interesting. And it's also, it's also exhausting to think this much about how I'm feeling and what's going on, what's moving and blah, blah, blah. a lot, a lot. It's interesting to me that, that it takes more work for me to be on vacation than it does to work. <laughs> Literally it takes work for me to, to be on vacation and to be off. Of course, I've also, you know, since we came here, I've also been, been working just tiny little bits. Like I've had things I'm, I'm doing and little meeting here and there. And then I don't think anybody missed this crazy thing <laughs> that I shared on Instagram this week. We had one of the work type things that we had planned for this trip here in Tulum was we were going to do a cover shoot for this magazine. I'm not going to, you know, you can go to my Instagram and read the post. I'm not going to go into the drama of it all. But um, it was just a cover shoot for this magazine. And I was excited. And, you know, it's, it seems like a cool magazine. And like people had been on the cover before that I like. And, you know, I was just positive to it. And then the day that we're supposed to shoot, I get this email that suddenly the the, the cover is postponed, which means canceled, and uh, that they can't have me on the cover because there's a conflict of interest in the fact that I played a supporting role in the documentary on Me Too, the Me Too movement in the yoga world, and the big article that New York Times released a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm sure you guys have read the article. If you haven't, you should go read it right now big article in, in the New York Times around consent and non-consensual touch and assists and adjustments in the yoga room and why and or I guess the fact that there has been this culture in yoga for decades now that allows for inappropriate behavior and that allows for almost this acceptance of inappropriate behavior, of inappropriate adjustments, of people not feeling safe, of there being this gray area where teachers and have, have almost, you know, shown this predator-like behavior, re-traumatizing women who've been through sexual assault and just inappropriate assists and adjustments, people touching you in different ways, intimate ways, without asking if that's okay. Um, so for me, the, I played a really small role. I mean, not I was I, the, the article wasn't about me you know this documentary wasn't about me in any way I have not I am not a survivor of sexual assault I don't have my own story with some yoga teacher where I was inappropriately assisted or adjusted in, in a yoga class at all my role was just that I collected stories from people who did have those experiences so 
I used the platform of, of Yoga Girl on Instagram to call for stories and, and, and for, for people and women and also men. We had also men who wrote to share their experience. Have you ever been in a, inappropriately touched in class or by a teacher? You know, have you ever had an uncomfortable experience? Have you ever had something that shouldn't have happened? Have you, you know, do you have a trauma? Have you been, you know, there was a lot of things that came from that. So hundreds and hundreds of people wrote, I mean, I think our final tally was 600 something stories. But then by email, I think we had 400 and something stories. And the women who gave us consent to share and publish and for me to forward stories to a journalist was 135 people which is a shit ton of people (laughs) 135 people who gave their consent who wanted to share and and put their name on a story and uh, I forwarded this and have been working together with a journalist from the New York Times to get this story together and it was not for me about any single man right or any single teacher I'm not sitting here you know with with a personal grudge or with beef of some sort you know to different kinds of teachers it's just this is a phenomenon that needs to stop this is a part of of this culture this this mysticized almost culture of yoga where people don't know where to draw the line we allow people to touch us in the yoga room in ways that we never would allow random strangers to touch us in our day-to-day lives but because it's yoga and it's a little mystical and people don't know exactly what to expect or feel like you know the teacher is this almighty all-knowing person unfortunately there have been a lot of teachers out there who take advantage of that position of power and the stories I received were everything from stories of all-out rape between student and teacher a couple of those harrowing horrifying to read a lot of stories of inappropriate sexual advancements in class. So yeah, trigger warning. I'm sorry, I should have shared that maybe a minute ago. But yeah, a little trigger warning here in case you want to skip this part. But a lot of stories from women who had adjustments in down dog from a man who pushed his erect penis into their behind. Like that was a common one. We got a lot of stories about that same kind of adjustment one specific one where a man would ask women to sit down in his lap in chair pose and again erect penis poking up your ass Um, a lot of stories about people confusing the idea of heart center or heart chakra with fondling and grabbing breasts Um, and just a lot of a lot of really bad stuff so (laughs) I am a, a huge fighter for justice for social justice and of course, I'm a feminist. Of course, you know, this is a this is a really big topic that I that I wasn't going to ignore. There's a reason I called out for those stories in the first place. But it's important for me that I share that I wasn't sitting there with this one specific teacher in mind that I wanted to take down. Like that has nothing to do with my involvement in this at all. I was just collecting the story, these stories as a neutral person and wanted to forward them to someone who could actually do something about it. Right. I am not an investigative reporter or a journalist. I am not the police. I am not, you know, the judge in some court of law somewhere. I am just (laughs) yoga girl. I'm just a yoga teacher that happens to have a a platform on social media with some influence. Like that's it. So it was really beautiful how it all came together and the story was released. And then the journalist decided to focus on one man in particular, because that's the person she had the most evidence against and the most women who were willing to, I think, stand up and on the record share these inappropriate things and these terrible, terrible things that had happened to them. 
I can tell you the list I have of teachers who've committed these offenses, who've, who've you know acted in totally inappropriate ways, and at some points bordering over to total, absolutely sexual abuse and assault in the room and outside of the yoga room. That's a list of 80 teachers that I'm sitting with. <laughs> now, it's not my job to go investigate these 600 stories or these 135 stories um, where we had consent to, 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 to follow up or consent to, to share and publish. That's not my job. I'm not going to go investigate this. That's, that's not what I do, right? I'm not the person who's going to go and say this is true and this is not true. Or here's the evidence stacked against this person. Like that's not at all you know, my role. And I think it was really clear in this article and in the documentary as well. There was no moment in ever where I spoke about a specific teacher. The teacher that was mentioned in the in the documentary and in this article, I have never met. I have no relation to whatsoever. I've never practiced within my life. I don't even have, you know, anyone on my team or close students or anyone who who is a, a you know a practitioner or a student of that of that teacher at all. I'm just, uh, I just collected those stories and, and forwarded them to, the, to this journalist. So what's interesting now for me has been this magazine cover that was supposed to happen. So it turns out the publication, this magazine was, was owned by the same parent company that also owns this chain of gyms that hosts or runs these big teacher trainings, yoga teacher trainings that are run by the same teacher that was mentioned in the article. So these people, and it was not really unclear, but they were almost trying to say like, maybe it's better for you not to be affiliated with us as if, you know, like almost gaslighting me, like (laughs) trying to turn this whole thing around as if actually it's damaging to me or actually they just wanted to silence me or punish me or alienate me and not have me on the cover because that, you know, that magazine is owned by this company that does trainings with this teacher and they they thought that that connection was too close or whatever so for me getting this news was like man I couldn't just I posted the whole email on my my Instagram if you want to go read it but my jaw fell to the floor mainly with the stupidity of this decision I mean if anything you know if if they were actually worried that maybe I didn't want to be affiliated with this magazine because there is some connection to this teacher training program with this other teacher or whatever then they could have shared that with me. They could have said, hey, just heads up, you know, do you want to be on the cover knowing that this is the truth? And then I could have made a decision there, right? An educated decision, but that was not it at all. It was just very clear that whoever the leadership team is or, you know, higher up the corporate ladder decision was made to, you know, I was a whistleblower in this situation. I was part of of uh, getting these stories and these women to come forward that eventually or essentially is taking this teacher down or at least holding him accountable for his actions. I played a small part in that and that was enough for them to want to completely distance themselves from me and cancel the cover and all this stuff. So (laughs) for me, it was just, this is, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, "This this is the stupidest shit I've ever in my life seen. Because if anything, what an amazing like opportunity for better publicity, if anything, you know, for them to own up and say, hey, okay, this has happened. We know that this is the reality. These are the allegations that that are out there, you know, touching on this story. What is my motivation behind bringing this forward? How can we all continue to carry the legacy and the art and the practice of yoga in a responsible, safe way? And, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I've heard that this 
these cha- this chain of, of gyms and this, this teacher training program, they're making changes in, in how they, they are going to require teachers to ask for consent before touching other people and that they're working on making their spaces more safe. Isn't that a great opportunity for them to share that, you know, in this article together with me? I don't know. Could have been, if anything, an opportunity, I think, for them. And then to do this so openly and to say, hey, you blew the whistle on this guy. We work with him. So (laughs) you can't be on the cover anymore. I was just like, man, man, oh, man. (laughs) You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast conversations from the heart. I usually have a lot of meetings lined up in a day and the best way to make sure they are organized is to actually have some help. If you're in the same boat, meet Acuity Scheduling, a company from Squarespace. Acuity is a scheduling assistant that works 24-7 behind the scenes to fill your calendar and take hours of work off your plate so you can keep your zen and focus on all the other important aspects of your business or your side hustle. You'll be surprised how much time is lost in the back and forth of asking what time works for you again and again. With Acuity, clients can quickly view your real-time availability, self-book their classes and one-on-one sessions, and reschedule with one single click. You can even collect everything you need to know about your clients' intake forms through Acuity. Acuity makes sure to keep all their information neat and tidy in one place. Get frustrated by latecomers or walk-ins? Well, Acuity helps you prevent them with automated text and email reminders and dramatically reduces no-call, no-shows by accepting deposits or full upfront payments. Get notified anytime a new appointment is booked, check your schedule right from your phone, and you can even tell Acuity to automatically update the calendars you already use, like Google, Outlook, iCloud, or Office 365, keeping your entire life in sync. Save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of having to keep up with your clients and your busy schedule by using Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required, by going to acuityscheduling.com slash yogagirl. And then I I posted that, posted it, just posted the email to, to Instagram. And I had a lot, I had, I had people come up to me yesterday and today in Tulum to hug me, literally, like in the street, on the beach, in this restaurant I was, and say, thank you for speaking up. Like, thanks for, for taking the risk, you know, thanks for, for, for sharing. Because it felt like an important thing. Like, man, the fact that we're still in this culture of silencing people, that yoga actually isn't a feminist, <laughs> it isn't part of the feminist movement in any way. Yoga hasn't gone to the place where we're even close to anything equal, anything fair. I mean, there's there's such a division, such a power imbalance already between student and teacher. And so many male teachers out there taking advantage of that power. I mean, it's, it's 100% totally true. So after I shared that, I was dealing with a lot of back and forth, I guess, you know, people who practice with this teacher. I had people write me who were super upset and said, you know, they have followed him for years and years and go to all his retreats and whatever and train with him and study with him. And he's amazing and fantastic. And why are you trying to take him down? And I was like, dude, (laughs) I have no intention to take him down. Like that is not my job. That's not, that's not why I'm here. That's not what I do. I have no personal issue with this, this one teacher. I have a, a massive personal issue with the fact that that this is allowed. Like that's a problem. That this is so prevalent that I put out one single Instagram post in, in what when was this? Fall of 2017. Uh, that we have 600 plus responses from people who happened to see that post and then made the effort to sit down and email me. 
right? Like I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that there are people out there who've been through sexual abuse and trauma, people who've been raped, who've had horrible shit happen to them and they find their way to the yoga practice to heal and then that they risk being touched in an inappropriate way that might re-trigger that very same trauma that led them to yoga in the first place. That I have a fucking issue with. Hell no. Hell no. Won't stand for that shit. So (laughs) I just felt, you know, like I would gladly forfeit and give up a thousand covers of a thousand stupid magazines if it meant I was of service to one woman who has suffered or if if that meant that it brought us you know a fraction closer to keeping our our shalas and our, our yoga rooms safe for everyone they should be safe for everyone no one should ever have to enter a yoga class feeling worried where is my teacher standing are they going to touch me randomly you know are they going to ask me I sometimes feel that way, not because I've been through sexual abuse or assault, but because I have pain sometimes in my body. And I realize that now I think, of course, it's coming up more because we're having this conversation out loud and and in public. But I took a class this morning at this beautiful space, beautiful teacher, totally appropriate. You know, the teacher wasn't assisting or adjusting anyone in the class. And there was one moment where the teacher walked to the back of the room to, I think, turn off a fan or, or, you know, do something with the lights. I don't know. Just you know, flick a button, I guess. And the one moment where the teacher was behind me fairly close made me go, I hope they're not going to touch me because (laughs) I had a lot of lower back pain this morning. And then I caught myself with that like little moment of fear of like, oh, I don't want to be adjusted. And I'm just thinking, and that got me thinking, you know, how many times have I felt that way in a yoga room where I'm kind of preparing myself to be touched when I don't want to, instead of, you know, having the automatic you know, the automatic baseline should be someone's going to ask first, right? So you can totally relax regardless, which means that for all of the moments, and there are so many moments where I yearn for touch, where I want an assist, where I want to be adjusted, where I want support, you know, where I want that hands-on connection, but also then to know that that they're going to ask, and then I can say yes, and it's going to be so well-received, right? I mean, there's teachers that I've practiced with who have changed my my practice, who've helped me so much in my body because of their touch and thanks to their touch. So it's not about touch being good or touch being bad. Touch is neutral. It's how we receive it, you know, and if we don't have the choice to say, yeah, we want it or no, we don't, we risk, you know, traumatizing someone or triggering something in someone, even if our intentions are really good. So, I think, I don't know, I was, when I woke up this morning feeling a little bit dizzy or, and I had that feeling sort of all day where I just feel a little, a little drained, I guess. Sharing the story now, I'm realizing like probably has something to do with that I spent like two hours yesterday talking to people online. One, comforting women who've been through something hard. I, I, I had a lot of messaging and, and, and back and forth with women who, who who wanted to share something, you know, something that happened with me. And then, of course, dealing with people who didn't agree that I shouldn't have posted that and I shouldn't have been a part of that article and I shouldn't have whatever. And then, of course, you know, the the many thousands of people who are just supportive and just sending love and, and all of this. It's a lot of energy to, to sit with. <laughs> and maybe that's a part of why I'm feeling, why I'm feeling a little wobbly today. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. 
food is life. You can probably tell I love food based on how much I'm always cooking or baking or watching the Great British Bake Off. With that, I'm always looking at creative new ideas for eating healthy and delicious. For my listeners in the US, eating better doesn't have to be boring or bland. Just check out Sakara. Sakara makes organic, ready-to-eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you feel like your best self. Their meals are specifically designed to enhance your energy, improve your digestion, and make you feel great in your body. The menu of chef-created dishes changes weekly, so you'll never, ever get bored. When you order Sakara's meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner are delivered right to your door, ready to eat anywhere in the U.S. And if you're interested, you can also get supplements, teas, and support from a certified health coach to help you along the way. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more. So wherever you are on your health journey, Sakara is there to help. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners $60 off of your first order when you go to sakara.com slash yoga girl. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash yoga girl to get $60 off of your first order. Sakara.com slash yoga girl. I have a story I want to share. <laughs> this is a story that, uh, that speaking of, you know, dealing with a lot of energy from different kinds of people. That being, you know, either a, a really amazing, positive, great thing or a challenging thing or both at the same time. One thing it is for me, regardless, is it's it's overwhelming sometimes. That's just it. That's just it's just it. So whether I am receiving amazing feedback and talking to people who just have positive things to say or I'm having really wonderful, beautiful, positive interactions, when it's with large amounts of people at the same time, even when it's positive, it's overwhelming. That's just what it is. And something I am sort of sitting with or inquiring about within myself is my ability to to deal with with that kind of high intensity energy. And it's an energy that that of course I deal with every day through social media. That's been a big blessing and a big struggle <laughs> for me for the past like 8 or 9 years. And, and also, you know, having these conversations, doing this kind of work where I feel really dedicated to wanting to be of service, really, if I can help spark change in any way, if I can use this tiny bit of influence that I have to do something good, I'm going to do it. And then as I was saying yesterday, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to post this email. He was like, dude, like, aren't you opening up, opening yourself up to some sort of liability? Like, you know, what if, could they, could, could they sue you that you're posting an email? I'm like, dude relax he's like okay they can't sue you for that but couldn't they start an issue like they could make your life hard you know this is a multi-billion dollar company this this company that owns this chain of gyms it's a they have 1100 employees it's a big big company he says if they wanted to make life harder for you you know they really could are you sure you want to you want to risk that and it's a valid question <laughs> obviously it's a valid question coming from my husband uh, especially the place in my life where I am right now, where I am kind of burnt out and tired and moving through a lot of things. And for me, that's not even a question that I ask myself. It's just like, hey, like, I gotta say something. Come on. Like, you can't allow for this stuff to happen. What else has happened in our past, you know, where people have stood up, spoken out about injustices to immediately be punished or silenced? It happens all the time. And if this is what we risk, you know, if, if every time we face something that shouldn't be that way, and then we know, hey, if I say something, I risk something, right? I, I risk losing something. I risk being alienated or punished. We're not going to be able to ever spark any kind of real true change. It's just, that's just the way it is. 
So for me, it's not something I think twice about. It's just this shit is unfair. Like what else is happening? What else is this, you know, what else is this company hiding or, or keeping quiet about? Um, no, of course I'm going to share it. Like, let's go. <laughs> That's just, yeah. And then at the end of that, dealing with the massive influx of energy that's sparked by controversy is 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 for me a, an increasingly challenging thing. And I don't know if it's getting to this place in my life. I don't know, being a mom, and I think I have to be a little more protective with my energy, or if it's just that I'm drained, right? I don't have as much energy to shoot out into the world all the time. I can't be on all the time. I need more time to recuperate, more time to go in my little cocoon and, and recharge um, than before. I didn't used to need that. I used to be able to teach a thousand person yoga class and then, you know, like not skip a beat. Like I didn't even need to nap <laughs> afterwards. I would just like move on to the next thing. Like life was like easy. You know, I had so much energy. I could literally teach a thousand people yoga, hug all of them and then like, you know, go rock something else immediately following. Like that was not a thing. And now just the thought of that feels, oh my God, feels daunting, feels, ugh, feels a little bit crazy. And the story I want to share, <laughs> it was a, it was a really something really profound I don't know if it's going to sound as profound as it was because it was light, but it was a very profound moment for me earlier this year. I didn't want to share it on the podcast, even though it was a defining life-changing moment because I really don't want anyone who's been to any kind of group or retreat or in-person, you know, event, book signing, whatever, any kind of in-person experience with me to ever feel like they have ever been a burden. Absolutely not. The, the the groups and trainings and retreats and meeting people face-to-face, teaching people face-to-face in the room. It's my life's greatest joy. It's why I'm on this earth. It's my dharma. It's part of my life's purpose. It's really what I'm meant to be doing, 100%. And every person who's ever come into the yoga room with me to, to practice to make the effort, you know, to, to pay money, to spend time, to travel the world and to come practice with me. It's my, it's my greatest blessing. It's what allows me to, to, to have any kind of semblance of, 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 of this kind of life that I have. And I'm so grateful for it. So I, I didn't share the story earlier on because I didn't want anyone to ever have, have a connection to anything not being good. Yeah. Being present with me in the room. But I had this big moment and I feel like I can share it now because enough time has passed and I also feel very neutral around everything else. So a retreat I did earlier this year and uh, I I had retreats earlier this year because of my burnout. I need a better word for that shit. Can someone fucking like bring me a word that feels higher, that has a higher energetic charge than burnout? What the fuck does that even mean? But I think that's what I have. <laughs> that's what I've been through. Well, I lost steam. I don't know how, how else to phrase it. But at the end of last year, and I and I got super tired, got super sick. You guys know, yada, yada, yada. So I started inviting friends and other teachers to teach retreats that I already had planned. So I had a couple of retreats in the year where I had someone else come in and teach half the classes, which was such a good idea. I don't know why I hadn't done that earlier. It was, you know, I was afraid that it was going to take away from somehow from the quality of the week or that people would feel like they didn't have enough time with me. I don't know why, what I was scared of. It was amazing. All those retreats that we did 
it it just elevated them, of course, you know, and it allowed me space to interact more with everyone in the group because I could participate in classes and not just lead and lead and lead and lead, but actually just be there. <laughs> it was amazing. So one of these retreats we did was, was uh, yeah, one of the, I think, maybe the best retreat of the year. Like one of those retreats where just everything flowed so seamlessly, like oh, everything was just divinely synchronized and orchestrated somehow that it just everything fit. And because I only taught half of the amount of classes I normally teach in a retreat, I felt so at ease and so at peace and not at all tired, not at all drained, even though I was still moving through some kind of some sort of like health stuff. So at the end of the whole week, right as I, I go to teach the last class of the final morning and I've just told Dennis in the morning, I was like, hey, this is like the best retreat ever. I feel energized by this week. This is how I want to feel with every group we have. I just, I, I want to feel this supported. Like this makes me, it allows me to, to teach, to be my best self, really to teach the most epic classes because I don't feel tired. And of course, having the added you know, layer to everything of being really physically ill made everything hard for me this year and last year. Um, so that was one of the things I was worried about, but I wasn't, you know, didn't get sick or sicker. Everything was really good, really fine. And then I teach the last class of the retreat and it's beautiful. It's perfect. It's like the group, everyone's crying. It's, I mean, in a good way, <laughs> not crying out of, you know, it's terrible crying because we're feeling so much. There's been so much healing, so much connection, friendship. It's an amazing group. And then after class, I step outside to have breakfast and we're all having breakfast and the kids and, and Leah Luna and everyone's around. And this one moment happens at the very end where everyone is like right before everyone is about to leave and head to the airport where people start asking me to take photos. And this is like a minor thing <laughs> I've shared on this podcast before. I really don't like taking photos. I hate taking selfies. You know, once in a while, no big deal, but especially for like events or if I'm teaching a big class and I'll share that if I'm ever doing a big event, like I would love, I'll happily stay and talk to every single person that comes. I'll hug really heart to heart, hug everyone in the room, but I don't want to stand there smiling for pictures. It's just, I kind of, <laughs> and I don't say this like publicly a lot, but in those moments where I've felt kind of, okay, I have to take a photo and then a photo and then a photo and then a photo. And I know people have this heart-centered intention that they just want to remember that they were there, right? They want to be able to share with the world. Like I had this amazing experience. It was great. Like it's this positive, loving thing. But there's something about it where after, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 of these photos, it's like the smile I had for the first photo isn't real anymore. I mean, it's just not. It becomes this like, we're posing for a photo instead of having a heart-to-heart -heart exchange, right? And I hate it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just, I can't fake it. I just, I hate it. I hate taking photos. I fucking hate it. I hate it. Okay, that's just what it is. And oftentimes I will, even though I hate it, I will sacrifice that because I'm like, you know, who am I? Like, it's a conceited thing to do. Like, who is that arrogant that they won't take photos with like people who, who they love, who they had this amazing experience with, like, of course. So always at the end of groups, whatever group I'm doing, I always, always, always make sure I get a photo with every single person who wants a photo. It's never been a big deal. But somehow this retreat, I don't know what it was, if it was that I was sick or tired or that everything was so easy the whole way that I just totally let my guard down. I don't know what it was, but there was that final moment before heading off to the airport where just like a frenzy happened, where 
everyone wanted to take a photo at the very same time. And the line formed and it was like a little hectic. And I think people were rushed and they were trying to get to the airport and they wanted their photo so bad. And I just like, I'm standing there and I'm smiling and I'm smiling and I'm smiling and I'm smiling and I'm smiling. And like, you know, 50 photos later, I'm just like, I had to go to, I had to go into my office and sit on the floor and cry. I almost, like I was almost hyperventilating. I almost had a panic attack. Not a full-fledged one because I had one this fall. So not like that bad, but I had to literally, you know, and, and just my assistant was like, what is happening? Like, are you okay? What just happened? And I don't know why, you know, and it's not the fault of any of the people who were there. Like, that's why I didn't share the story earlier, because it was so important for me that no one would ever feel that way. No. And normally for me, this is all fine. It was just I was in a space where I wasn't fine. It wasn't OK. It was it was too much. Yeah. So anyway, that happened. I'm on the floor of my office, like hyperventilating, feeling totally drained. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like I was hit in the head with something. And then it was time for my my friend who was co-teaching with me to leave with her kids and they were outside in the van and we had to hug we had to say goodbye and I just felt so sad like I just felt so unbelievably drained and confused and like how could I have had this whole retreat feeling so strong and held and supported and amazing and then this thing happens at the very end and now I feel like I lost everything I feel totally heartbroken like drained like what the fuck and I felt so heavy yeah it was like this very overwhelming kind of sadness and I'm saying goodbye to them and then (laughs) Satya who's her her daughter she's how old is she now eight eight I think she's in the back of the van and she goes oh no Rachel 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 I forgot I forgot here I, I need to give this to you and she hands me a note a piece of paper and I said what's this she said this is my intention that I wrote for the first day for the retreat for myself and I was gonna burn it in the fire yesterday but I forgot and when I woke up this morning I realized that was because it was meant for you. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, this is your intention now. And I go, okay. And Satya means truth. <laughs> I'm sure you guys know in Sanskrit. She's this very intuitive, yeah, very truth-telling, like clairvoyant little eight-year-old. And she like hands me this, like stuffs this piece of paper in my hand and they take off and they leave. And I'm standing outside of the of the studio just feeling so heavy. They left. Like it's just, I don't know, feeling so confused, lost. Like I was just feeling lost, feeling a lot. And then I open up this piece of paper and it says, stop talking to strangers. (laughs) Stop talking to strangers. (laughs) I literally, I fell to my knees crying because I felt like God is smacking me in the head with a brick right now like that was the feeling it felt like just the sky opened up and and some sort of divine you know it was like like God sent me a message through her right literally written on paper like stop talking to strangers not in the sense of like stop teaching yoga you know no but in a sense of that many moments in my life, in my day, in my week, where I spend overwhelmed with other people's energy, where I'm engaging with people through social media who actually don't really know, where I feel judged, where I feel overwhelmed, where I'm spending a lot of time talking to people that I don't know, right? That feeling of stop talking to strangers. And it was just, man, (laughs) 
the part of this that makes that creates actual community the part of this amazing practice that sustains me that's that's everything to me the community that's built right that heart to heart oh my god here i am i feel my heart i'm looking you in the eye we're in this together like that's it that's it that's the moment that i live for so how can i cultivate more of that and stop interacting with the whole world with my arms stretched out so wide so far that I eventually spread myself so fucking thin that I can't even close a retreat without falling apart on the floor of my office (laughs) for me this was just it was a massive 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 insight of man I'm spending a lot of time in my life talking to people who I don't actually know directing my energy everywhere right? Like every cause is my cause. Every fight is my fight. You know, I gotta, I gotta speak up for everyone. I gotta talk to everyone. Everyone who reaches out needs a response immediately. I have to engage and communicate and hold space for everyone. You know, I'm like talking to everyone all the time. And for me, I really felt like this was sort of God's way of saying like, no more retreats, no more groups for now, you know, no more like living your life through this virtual world, like no more social media, no more of this stuff where you spread yourself so thin that you don't have enough energy left for your own heart at the end of the day. No more. Stop. And this was really early this year. And I have this, <laughs> I still have this intention card or this, this note. It's on my altar and I look at it every day. And for me, it's that, you know, making the distinction between between getting to that heart-to-heart place and remaining in that heart-to-heart place where the exchange is so even that I don't feel drained at the end of it like that's it that's my that's my that's my work that's my 100% that's my work creating this container where where it's equal where I give and I receive And I'm able to receive and I give and I receive and I can really receive. So it's not just, you know, this idea of being a teacher. It's bullshit. This idea of I have to lead, I have to host, I have to guide. No, no. Like I want to be there in the room on the floor with everybody else sweating and crying and fuck. I want to be a retreat participant in my own retreat. (laughs) Like that's what I want. I want to do the sharings and sit face to face, heart to heart and sweat and cry with snot pouring out of my nose and like feel all this shit. Like that's what I want. I don't want to, I don't want anyone to be a stranger in my life. I want to feel it and be here fully. So as I figure that out, right? How can I continue to lead and guide and teach while receiving everything back in return that I need to sustain myself? So I never at the end of a retreat feel like I have to go lie on the floor and cry. Like that's, that's bullshit. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's my work. And until I get there, I need to stop talking to strangers. (laughs) I need to, I need to bring all of my attention, all of my awareness just back home, back to my own heart my family, my daughter, my husband, my life here now, right here as I'm sitting here now. I um, don't know if you feel the same. (laughs) I have an inkling, a feeling that maybe you feel the same. I um, would love to hear from you, honestly. Where are you spreading yourself thin? 
right? Where are you losing out or missing out on some of this energy? Where are you directing your awareness where you're not actually filling your own cup first? And perhaps it's not so much about cutting things out of our lives, but just getting really clear on our priorities, right? Getting really, really clear on why we're here in the first place, what we're looking for in the first place. And for me, this idea of, of I'm teaching, it's like, I haven't been a student for a long time. Man, I'm so ready. I'm so ready to, <laughs> to go lie in a puddle of sweat on my mat and just be taught things. Like that's going to be my next year. It's just, it's just, it's just receiving, relearning, restoring, resetting something. I am wishing you a wonderful, beautiful healing rest of this week. Get your priorities straight, regardless of where you're spending your energy, your time right now. Make sure you leave enough of it for your own heart, your own space, the things that really, truly, deeply, deeply, deeply matter. And then if you look at, you know, what kind of life do you really want to have in the next year, next three years, next five years? You're sowing those seeds right now and you're going to reap what you sow. And I can see kind of clearly how the past decade of my life, I've been planting my seeds in other people's gardens. <laughs> like I've just been out there with my energy for a long time out there. And, and I feel so strongly that coming back home, I, I'm going to make my life a little smaller, a little closer. Yeah. So thank you for listening. If you share with me, I am so happy and grateful to hear what you have to say really truly truly am comment me on instagram drop a review for this podcast send me an email really share 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 i might not answer but i read everything trust me on that and i feel everything thank you so much for tuning in i'll see you next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production, and thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Bob's Red Mill, Acuity Scheduling, and Sakara. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.